Welcome everyone to the Product Business Show podcast. This is your hostess, Amy Wenslow. I am so honored that you have joined us today for new insights, information, and ideas to grow your product's impact and sales in the world and to increase the results that it it brings to you and to your family. Now, if you've been following the Product Business Show for any time over in the live uh, episodes that we do, you'll know that we talk a lot about product. We talk a lot about the creative process and the nuts and bolts of product businesses, particularly physical products and consumer products. And you've heard me say that I'm not an attorney, I'm a product developer, and I'm involved in sales and marketing of products. So many of you have shared your journey with your product on our show, and I wanted to pull back the curtains and share some of my journey, how I've arrived to where I am with product and to the different skill set that has rather miraculously assembled itself. Um, you know, I came from a pretty average middle class family, college professor, parents, and, you know, an older brother, older sister. What was different was that my family also really liked to create things. My mom would arrange flowers and she taught me a lot about color and about putting things together. She taught me to sew. And my dad was always involved in remodeling houses and electrical wiring of things, which was really intriguing. You know, that was his summer project that he would usually do is is remodel somebody's house. And he was a math professor during the year. So he would barter his skills for wiring houses and he would get things like sailing lessons for the family with this really beautiful sailboat. And I can remember a lot of times where we were wood carving things together. I, he taught me so many different things about electrical wiring. He always had one of us kids on the job sites with him. And what I learned is that the, the process of making an idea in my head come out into the world was really fun and intriguing for me. And so I decided at a pretty early age that that's what I was going to do. And I wasn't sure what form it would take. The reality is that it's it's taken a lot of twists and turns and some of them were really profound. I went to school to learn to design and I invested a lot of my heart and my energy into learning about design aesthetics and the visual balance of colors and shapes and how to actually make things like literally sitting and being the one to make the jewelry and carving the metal and carving the wax and getting immersed in the materials and what they would do, how 
the whole thing would function, the mechanics of it. And it was so intriguing to me. I was really excited that I, that's what I was going to do. I was going to be a jeweler and produce these beautiful pieces of art jewelry. And it it was my passion. And shortly after I finished school, I was out in the world and I realized, oh crap, i need to make some money because I I need to survive. And so I was working as a jeweler. And at that point, I was doing a lot of stone setting. I was running a studio for a, um, a jewelry store in Philadelphia. And I had this time where I started getting really, really sore arms and my hands started aching every day so badly that the store manager would massage my arms by around one in the afternoon. And I, it, it was devastating that what I had wanted most to do was causing so much pain. And I had to listen to the doctors and have hand surgery on both of my hands and was faced with the choice of if I continue on this path, I may have repeated surgeries from carpal tunnel syndrome. That really didn't sound like something that would be that great uh, an experience and I can remember this this dark time where I was really searching for well what do I do next you know uh, what do I do now and it was rather miraculous I I left Philadelphia and I started traveling with this job. I, w- I was the sales rep for this company. And I traveled everywhere. I traveled all around the United States 40 weeks a year selling jewelry and doing sales meetings face-to-face and countless times in all different kinds of cities to all different kinds of people. And that went on for years. Right. And then I I moved into the craft world and I was designing products there. And every job I took was strategic. It was all because I knew, I knew that I wanted my own business, that I wanted to succeed on my own terms, that I wanted to do something extraordinary. And there was this burning passion to do something extraordinary that I couldn't really explain. It was definitely different than my family's, right? It was, it was not something that I really talked about with them. I felt a little like a fish out of water with my family because none of them had done that. There were no business owners. Everybody was a teacher. And here I was that I wanted something so different. 
And I, I couldn't really put words to it. So when I had that moment where I couldn't do the business that I had always thought I would do, I had to take some time to kind of recalibrate. And so I ended up in a moment where I decided, okay, I'm going to do a design business. And I did design collections for the jewelry industry again. And I designed entire product lines start to finish. And we were doing work for the U.S. market, having tremendous success with it. And I hit this wall. And the wall was this. I realized there was no way I could ever leverage myself out of this position, right? What I didn't realize was that even with all of the the positions that I'd held in businesses and all the products I had designed and the lines I had designed, I hadn't learned about business models, I hadn't learned about what makes something a good business model and how to be a business owner. It was kind of like, if you think about a body, right? You know, the heart has one function, the lungs have another function, the fingers have a function, right? And I had taken these positions in different companies very strategically throughout my career. And I had learned all these different pieces, but I hadn't had the moment where I could step outside of it and look at the entire body of it, right? Of the business, the entire body and go, oh, okay, I see how all of this is really fitting together from the perspective of it is its own living, breathing thing. And when I saw that, all I could think was, oh, crap. I had been struggling with this and not even realizing I was struggling with the symptoms of it, right? And the symptoms were there wasn't enough cash flow. There was always a time crunch. um, And I, I couldn't seem to get out ahead of it. And it was continually feeling like I was looking for the next client. And there was this constant mode of searching. And so I decided (laughs) that it was enough. And I sold the business. And I'll, I'll tell you how that came about. But I sold the business. And it was one of the hardest things I'd ever decided because I didn't have to sell it. You know, there wasn't anything that was pressuring from the outside. I just knew that what I was doing wasn't it. And that was a really profound thing to stand in this place of is this what I really want and how do I make it into what I really want and then realizing that it wasn't going to happen that way so I 
stopped and I pivoted and went back into corporate briefly to kind of lick my wounds, frankly, and to ponder what had gone wrong and what I needed to learn and what to do next. And I knew that I was not going to be there very long, right? And it was about a year and a half. And I had this wonderful opportunity, which at the moment didn't look like a wonderful opportunity. It was, uh, you know, the, the company had gone through some gyrations and some changes. And, and I was in senior management at the time. So in looking at what was going to happen, I kind of could see the writing on the wall. And just as I was deciding to leap out on my own again, and what to do next, I was at this training and, and one of the women in this room of 75 people was being run by a dear friend of mine. And he he was running this training and she raised her hand on the last day. And she said, I have this great idea for a product. It would do this and it could sell here and I don't know what to do with it. And meanwhile, I was sitting in the back of the room and hearing this, I was like, oh, well, she just needs to do this and call this person and she just needs to reach out this way and mm, that's about three months and it's done, Right. And I decided I'd just get up on stage and offer that. So at the end of the day, I was the last person and I stood up on stage and I said, hi, you know, my name's Amy. I've been here with you the past three days. And I, I know that um, so-and-so had this product idea. And, you know, if any of you would like to have a conversation, I'd be happy to talk with you. I worked on a line. We did $300 million of sales in three years. And um, at that moment, I remember standing on the stage. And I looked at my friend in the back, sitting on this director's chair. And I remember seeing his eyes get literally like the size of dinner plates, right? I had never known that eyes can actually do that, but it was like the only thing I could see in the room was this look of complete surprise and wonder on his face and these gigantic eyes, like, oh, and I remember going, oh, I guess that's unusual because I had been just doing what I did, right? It had never occurred to me that that was unusual at all because it was the water that I was swimming in with creating products and running sales messages and marketing. It was just coming from this extremely creative, prolific space. And when I saw that, I went, and I remember like my head kind of felt like it tipped to the side, like, oh. So I sat down very soon after that. I was still, you know, th- considering what to do next. And I sat down and I said, well, how could I serve people in the highest, biggest capacity? And 
serve humanity. And what came to me from so many years ago was this desire to do something extraordinary, this passion to do something extraordinary. And what I realized I had been about for all this time was really about unleashing creativity on the planet, about removing the frustrations and roadblocks for creative people. And with all the growth and, and personal work that I'd done, it was really about this burning desire to do that, to, to work with that energy, that creative juice that's in the world, right? Because I believe that when we're all fully impassioned and creative and alive, then war on the planet will stop. And when I realized that that's what I'm up to, and that that was what I was about, it was like the world opened up. So when I thought about, well, what is the plan here? I went, okay, probably can't do this alone. I really need some help. And I, cause I had started building it again. Right. And it, it literally <laughs> occurred to me like, uh, one of my mentors, I, I went and I worked with many mentors, right? Because I realized that what I had done before wasn't, was going to create the same results if I didn't get some input. So I went and I decided that I had to get outside perspective and a better plan. And so I continued to absorb everything I could and to ask questions and really check in with myself, frankly. And I remember this time where one of my mentors and I were working, I was at a a small retreat and she said to me, that my business energy, when she, when she read me about it, right, when she looked at, at what we were doing and how I was building it, that it was like I was building a skyscraper on my head. And I realized that I was about to embark on the same path and missteps that I had before. And literally within a week, I shifted it. It was extraordinary. She asked me, she tasked me with this one thing. And she said, okay, if you were going to share this with the world, if you were going to teach this, how would you do it? And I said, I don't know. And she said, no, if you were going to do it, what would they need to know? What would they need to have the results that you've had with products and have the experience and the growth, what, how would you need to do it? And I said, okay, I'll think about that. And literally within a week, I designed our flagship program. And literally that same week from a Word document, no sales page, uh, it was sold to the first ever participant. And he was someone I had never met. He, I didn't know him as a contact when it happened. And it was, revolutionary for me and for him. And we uncorked so many pieces of his project 
that I was ecstatic, frankly. (laughs) And what it was, was that I was able to be fully me. So the conflicts along the way, you know, it, it was hard and I made so many mistakes. I made mistakes in, you know, like the business model. I, I didn't know that much about bookkeeping and I thought I could learn it and I, I made, you know, mistakes in that area that literally cost me like an extra $10,000 to fix them by the time it was all said and done. That's why we now have a CFO. It, it was really lonely at times to be the leader. You know, I remember slogging through some of the decisions and feeling like it was all up to me and not knowing for sure that what I was doing was going to work and, you know, battling the inner demons and the voices in my head that said, well, this is kind of crazy and this doesn't make sense. And why are you doing this? It'd be so much easier to go do this other thing. And, and I mean, we even had someone infringe on our trademark and then I had to face them at a conference and, and deal with how do I resolve that without it costing us a fortune and without it being confrontational with them, but being clear and standing for the business and standing up for what is right for us. I mean, we had clearly defended this trademark and we had it filed and it was the same categories and everything. So the, I was devastating at different points. I remember there was this time where I literally sat on my office floor and sobbed. And then there were beautiful things that came really soon after that, really soon after that dark time my mom stepped in and she was my biggest cheerleader. Like literally like that night I called her and I was just exhausted and I didn't know where to turn or how to pull the next rabbit out of the hat. And it was a really deep conversation with her. And I remember my mom saying to me, honey, you can't give up. You've come so far. You have to keep going. The work you're doing is so good. People are getting so many good results. You have to keep going. You just need a good night's rest. And my mom kept me in the game. My mom, her believing in me in that moment kept me going. And that conversation with her still rings in my ears and it still fuels me 
when it gets hard because sometimes it's just hard. Not all the time. And it's, it's contrast with these moments of extreme gratitude, right? Extreme gratitude. So when I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the end results, right? Like the end results of all of that back and forth and the struggle and the countless tries and the experimenting with designs that worked and that didn't work and all of it, right? The long nights right before Walmart meetings and the figuring out what a client's package needed to be and, and pulling through the big challenges of that. How how do we fix the, this problems that have happened in their projects because of previous negotiations that they did even before they met us, right? And I was thinking about the end results. And that's what lights me up is these end results. You know, when I look back, I realized that we've been in the top 6% of women-owned businesses in the U.S. for 9 or 10 years. The first year that we were in business, actually, we were in the top 6% of women-owned businesses. And I didn't even realize it until after it happened. I didn't even know. And, you know, being featured in Entrepreneur Magazine and Women's Wear Daily and all of these extraordinary things like top 10 finalist for ultimate marketer of the year out of 10,000 businesses, right? It, it's been wild. Um, but my biggest gratifying things have been what happens for our clients. You know, comments like the client who asked that question at that event where my friend's eyes got like dinner place where she said, I have this product, here's the idea and here's what I want it to do. I don't know what to do. Well, fast forward years later, a whole different product idea. She had come to work with us with her husband on it and they're at a trade show and she said that it was all happening so fast that she didn't even recognize herself. And it was this profound moment of seeing the shift that happens in people when you expand creativity, when you expand and step into that. So, you know, three clients out of five winning a Retailer's Choice Award at a trade show where there's 3,000 exhibitors and only 35 of those awards given. You know, three out of five winning at that kind of level. And it's, I, I don't even have words for that, for what that means, right? For the level of expansion, seeing clients sell out on QVC over and over, or, you know, personally, the, the change that's happened, you know, we, moving to a lakeside resort area and having the ability to travel with my husband and take the time that we want with family now where I didn't have it before. But the biggest 
the biggest changes would be, I guess now, after so many wins and so many struggles at the same time, like there's a resilience. There's a resilience that comes from doing business well and from staying in it and um, weathering the challenges and finding the way to play to your strengths, right? That's a big one for me. Playing to my strengths has been a really big, big lesson. I I don't think in the same terms anyway, every anymore of having to do it all myself or play by the rules or the words escape me for when you're inside a corporate position there's this game face right of like you got to have it all together and got to be doing it perfectly and and uh, you know there's a harshness to that and at this point in my entrepreneurial business owner journey, I've relaxed into myself and I can laugh more at the, uh, the funny things that happen and my ability to find a win. So I mentioned earlier that I sold my first business, right? I sold the first business for a dollar because I knew that sometime I would be talking about it just like this and I would need a really good story about it. So I sold it for a dollar. But what I learned right after I did that, what I saw was, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I found a way to take this experience and turn it into a win. Right. And I think that's one of the key things that fuels a business owner. So it's less about being perfect and more about being really, really good and doing what you're really brilliant at. That's what I've come to the doing what I'm really brilliant at and bringing in team for the rest. So everyone, I hope that that's helped you to kind of understand the journey and the the background. And I really want to get to know you and your project the same way. So have an extraordinary time until we talk again. And please, if there's any way that we can help you, support you, I would love to have you tune in, listen to the live show, ask your questions. You can find out information and a link to it and all its call-in information in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for, for listening and spending your time with us. It's really, truly an honor.